What's up, M12? How y'all doing? Yeah. Man, it's so good to see all of you. Thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. Uh, just quick question, because um, I don't know if you guys realize this or not. Uh, did you know that I think next Thursday, at this time, you're going to be out of school? Does that excite anyone? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Now, now, here's the cool thing. So, school is ending next Thursday, but M12 is not. All throughout the summer, we're meeting here. It's going to be amazing. Check it out. In June, we're doing a series called Yard Sale that's going to be unbelievable. And there's a night coming up. It's called Thrift Shop Night, and you'll find out more about that later. It's amazing. In July, in July we're doing a series called Red Letter Prayers uh, that will be life-changing. I'm super excited about that. And then I feel like there's something else happening in July. That's right. NTS Camp. How many people are already signed up for NTS Camp? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, if you are not signed up, go home tonight, talk to your parents. This camp is going to be unbelievable. You can go to www.12stone.com slash camp. Real easy, just camp. Just put camp right at the end. And you can find out more information about NTS Camp. I'm telling you, it's going to be life-changing. And then, in August, we're doing a thing called Back to School Bash. And I'm telling you this. This is, check it out, for the Back to School Bash. I know it's weird because you're getting out of school, but we're already talking about Back to School Bash because this event will be the biggest thing we do all year. So be praying, be looking forward to it. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. Back to School Bash. Now, for those of you that were here last, last week, you know we started a brand new series called Next. And the whole idea of Next is that all of us in this room, uh, whether you've been here before, first time, or like you've been here since the very beginning, all of us are getting ready to go into the next stage of life. Uh, so for some of you, your next stage of life is summer and you're so pumped about summer and about all the freedom and all the sleeping in and all the incredible stuff coming up with summer. For some of you, your next stage is high school. We have any eighth graders in the house? Yeah, look at that. So your next, your next is high school. For others of you, it's seventh grade, it's eighth grade. Like you have the next grade coming up and you're already kind of nervous, excited, don't really know what to think. So all of us in this room have a next coming up. And here's, here's what I've learned. Uh, whenever you have a next, whenever you have a next, there's always this one question that we ask when it comes to our next stage of life. And the closer, the closer you get to the edge of your next, the more likely you are to actually ask this question. So here's the question that we ask when it comes to our next. What do I do now? What do I do now? Because when you think about like your plans coming up, like some future ideas you've got, your next, eventually it boils down to a decision you've got to make today. And so the question is, well, okay, so, so what do I do now? So for some of you looking forward to summer, summer's going to be your next, you're going to be asking this question all the time. Because it's going to be like 2 p.m. on a random Wednesday, you're going to be hanging out and you're like, so what am I going to do? Like, what do we do now? Or maybe for you, it's who am I going to hang out with? Like, I got all this freedom, I got all this time, so what am I going to do now? Maybe, uh, maybe for you, it's, it's camp. Like, you're thinking about camp, you're not quite sure about camp. And so the question for you is like, so what do I do now? Like, do, what, do I sign up for camp or not? 
And the answer is... Yes, that's right. See, I can answer this for you right now. It, the answer is yes, you sign up for camp because it's going to be amazing. Or, check it out, some of you, your next is that you were, you were dating someone, you were with someone, but now you guys aren't together anymore, so your next is being single. So you're like, well, what do I do now? Now that I'm single, what do I do? Right? Single people probs, hashtag. I don't know. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then some of you, some of you, it's the opposite, right? Because there's someone you're interested in. And you think that maybe, maybe they're interested in you. And so your question, what do I do now, maybe sounds a little bit more like, when are they going to ask me out? Like, when, when are we going to actually hang out together? What do I do now? Now, here's the deal. When it comes to this question, which all of us ask, when it comes to this question, what do I do now, I think there's really two main ways that we answer this question. Two main kind of filters, two main buckets uh, in, in, in which we actually answer this question. Uh, and so here they are. I think we answer this question based on what I feel or what I fear. What I feel or what I fear. So here's what I mean. Um, for some of you, you're like, man, if I'm feeling it, then go for it. Like, like if it feels right, then do it. Right? Hey, the heart wants what the heart wants. Know what I'm saying? Like feelings. God gave me emotions. So if God gave me emotions, then whatever my emotions say, they must be right. So if I feel, if I feel like skipping class, then I'm gonna skip class. Because I'm feeling it, right? So because you're feeling it, you or or maybe, um, may, I don't know, this may not be you, but maybe you're like, man, if I feel like making out with a girl, I'm gonna make out with a girl. If I feel like making out with a guy, I'm gonna make out with a guy. Right? Because if you're feeling it. Now look, hold up, hold up, don't point to anyone, don't, don't go pointing to people now, don't do that, but it's, but it's based on these decisions that you make based on what I feel. For instance, every morning, every morning when my alarm clock goes off, every morning when my alarm clock goes off, I, check it out, I feel like sleeping in. Anyone else ever feel that way? You feel, you know, so the alarm clock goes off. This is the question that you ask, what do I do now? And what I feel is I feel like sleeping in. Um, in fact, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you, like when you go to bed at night, your pillow is like kind of uncomfortable, you know, and like it gets hot really quickly and you got to like flip over the pillow and like, and then like the blankets they're just never right, you know, like you got to adjust it. But, but when you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, that pillow is like a cloud. That thing is like, oh, and the temperature of those blankets, I don't know what happened overnight, but it's perfect. Like, I can't tell where my skin ends and the blankets begin. I'm just in heaven, you know. And then, then when the alarm goes off, I swear, I swear, that snooze button knows my name. You know, it's calling to me. It's like, Steve, just hit the snooze, but just chill out for a little bit, right? Like, because we feel, we feel like sleeping in. So sometimes, sometimes we snooze, we sleep in because we make decisions based on what I feel. Now, that's one option. The other option is that maybe, maybe for you, it's not that. Maybe you make decisions based on what I fear, what I fear. And um, I know that sounds kind of scary, but really it's just like making decisions based on what you're worried about. So here's... Uh, this is how you know if you've ever made a decision based on what I fear. Uh, if, it, if your decision follows this pattern right here, 
I better blank or else blank, right? I better do this or else this is going to happen. I better make sure I do this action or else the thing that I fear will actually come true. So I better work out or else I'm not going to be hot, right? Like, like that's because you're afraid of not being hot, you think I better work out or else I'm not going to be hot. By the way, if that's you, um, there's a really cool workout program that some of you may have heard of called the Burpee Body. Come on. Hey, I know at least one person that signed up for it, and the results are staggering for this guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you want to know more about the Burpee Body, just talk to me. Five easy payments, $29.95. It's whatever. So, so, so we make decisions based on, based on what I fear. Maybe, maybe for you it's not that. Maybe it's I better, I better tweet a lot or else people won't notice me. Right? I better tweet a lot or else my fear is that people won't notice me. Hey, I better, I better, um, I better party or else I'm not going to be popular. I better party or else, or else I'm not going to be popular. Or, hey, I better, I better do whatever he says or else he's going to break up with me. I better, I better lie. I better lie or else I'm going to get in trouble. And see, some of you make decisions based on what I fear. Now, now here's the problem. This is the main way that we, that we actually make decisions. What do I do now? Uh, either based on what I feel, um, what I feel or, or what I fear. But here's the problem. When you make a decision based on what I feel, what I fear, it doesn't end up turning out as well as we thought it would. Like, when you make a decision based on what I feel, you end up hurting other people. And you also end up hurting yourself sometimes. And you don't mean to. You're just, you're just doing whatever you feel. But making decisions based on what I feel ends up hurting people. And, and when you make decisions based on what I fear, then, then you end up like not really living the life that God's called you to live. You end up missing out on some incredible things that God actually has for you. But you're scared and you're anxious and you're worried. And so these are the main two ways that we answer this question, and yet it never turns out as well as we thought. So, so if this is the main question that we're all asking, what do I do now? Then, then what if there was a better way to answer this question? What if, what if there was a way to answer this question that didn't involve what I fear or what I feel? What if, what if this question and the way we answer it is the difference between a life full of regret and a life full of reward. And so I want to look at a time that the people of God actually wrestled with this question of what do I do now? And it's found in Numbers chapter 14. So go ahead, grab your Bibles. They should be under your chairs. You can find them right there. And we're going to look at Numbers 14 uh, on page 147. By the way, we're picking up where we left off just last week. Last week we, uh, we started talking about the people of God that were wrestling with the next that God had for them. So it's on page 147, and for those of you that weren't here, I just want to catch you up. If you were here, I'm going to remind you just a little bit about what we talked about last week. So, here's what happened. Thousands of years ago, thousands of years ago, the people of God were enslaved in a country called Egypt. And God himself actually spoke to a guy named Moses and said, Moses, Moses, listen, Moses, I've heard the cries of my people, and I know they're in slavery, and I know there's no hope of escape. 
but I'm going to set them free. I'm going to rescue them from slavery in Egypt. And not only am I going to rescue them from slavery, I'm going to bring them to a brand new land. In fact, this is a land that I'm promising to them. It's a promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be incredible. The next that I have for my people is unbelievable. It's going to be amazing. And so last week we talked about the fact that God himself rescued the people from slavery in Egypt. What we talked about last week was that God brought them right to the edge of their next, right to the edge of the promised land that he had for them. And then Moses, Moses grabbed 12 people to go get some free samples from the promised land. You guys remember that, right? Grab some free samples like Costco, make sure that the food is actually good in the promised land. They wanted to make sure that this was the promised land God had for them. So they went in, slid into the land, free samples, slid out, you know what I'm saying? They slid out, and then they brought the food to the people. The people tried it and said, this food is delicious. It's amazing. I love the food from the promised land. That is definitely the promised land. But, 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 Moses, you didn't tell us that there were people in that land. In fact, not just people, but giants. There's giants in the land. There's no way we can overtake them. There's no way we can conquer that land. The cities are too big. The walls are too high. We don't stand a chance. Like the samples were great, but we're not going to be able to actually take over the promised land. Everyone felt this way, except for one guy by the name of Caleb. And this is the verse that we read last week. Caleb said this, verse 30 of chapter 13. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. And what we talked about last week that, is that he remembered all that God had done, and it shaped what he knew God was going to do. Because he remembered how God rescued them from slavery, and that he had a next in front of them. And this is where the story picks up today in verse 31. But the men, the other 11 ninjas that grabbed the free samples, the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report, which means a lie or gossip, a bad report about the land they had explored. So here's what happens. Caleb says, I think we can do it. I think that's the next God has for us. Let's go for it. And then the other 11 people say, no, 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 that's not good. And they lie about the land. They lie about the free samples. In other words, they say, hey, the, the free samples actually weren't that good. They were, no, like the milk was sour and, and, and the honey was like just bad and sticky and runny. Like you don't want the stuff from, in fact, I don't even think that's the promised land, Moses. I don't think it's like, like good try, but I'm pretty sure that's not the promised land. And they start lying about the promised land because they recognized that it was out of their reach. And so they gossiped and lied about it. By the way, uh, you guys do this too. I don't know if you realize. Guys, this is what you do. Um, let's say that there's a girl that kind of catches your eye, right? Catches your eye and you're like, dude, that girl's, that girl's hot. I, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think I'm going to ask her out. And you get all excited and you get pumped. And then one of your friends says this. Your friend says, yeah, 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 she's been dating a dude for like five years and they're never going to break up. And then you hear that and this is what you do. You go... Yeah, 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 she's not hot at all. She's like, ugh, seriously, her? No, she's terrible. Like a C plus max, you know what I'm saying? Like she is not, actually, I wasn't even talking about her. I was talking about the, the other girl. Like she already left. It doesn't matter. Anyways, the point is, I don't like that. Like, no, not her. And you lie about the fact that you actually like her because she's unattainable to you. Or uh, girls, I don't know if you ever do this, but like maybe you see some, uh, you see some nice shoes, 
And like you see them and you're like, those shoes are unbelievable. I love those shoes. I want those shoes right now. You get so excited. And then you take the price tag and you look at it and you go, hmm. Those shoes are ugly. They're the worst shoes I've ever seen. Why would anyone want those? It's terrible. And you start lying because the shoes, the shoes are out of your price range. The shoes are out of reach. And so that's exactly what the people of God did. They looked at the promised land. They saw all the giants. They saw, they saw the giant walls. And they said, we don't stand a chance. So they lied about it. But they didn't just lie about it. See, because lying about it would have been pretty bad, but then they got dramatic. I'm talking middle school drama. You know what I'm saying? You guys know about some drama? Yeah, you know about drama. This, by the way, check it out. Here we go. This is one of the reasons I love the Bible. Listen, listen. This is one of the reasons I love the Bible is because the Bible is just as dramatic as y'all are. It's amazing. Check it out. Ver, uh, chapter 14, this is what happened. That night, okay, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. W like wept aloud. Like they're going crazy. This is what they say. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said, If only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. And they start weep like, and by the way, when it says wept aloud, this isn't like graceful tear. You know? No, no, no. It's not that. I'm talking sobbing. I'm talking ugly crying. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the ugly cry that you don't want anyone else to like. A, like that, where your face is all, ah, and they say, Moses! Moses! I don't want to go. I don't want to go to the promised land. And they're freaking out about the promised land. They're freaking out. In fact, um, if they had iPhones, maybe it would, it would look something like this. This is what they did right here, okay? Wept aloud, just drama, but, but they had a decision they needed to make because their next was in front of them. In fact, they were right on the edge of their next, and so the question they had was, what do I do now? What do I do now? And so verse 4 actually records records their answer. So verse 4, then they said to each other, here's what we should do. We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. By the way, you guys know what Egypt is, right? Yeah, Egypt is where they were enslaved. So, so, so this is what happens. They finally decide, based out of fear, they say, um, I got an idea. It's crazy. I'm going to throw it out. You can toss it right back. May not be a good idea, but this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, <clears throat> you know how like Egypt, we were like enslaved, you guys, right? Like we were all enslaved in Egypt. That was, that was actually not that bad, you know? Pharaoh, pretty cool guy, pretty cool. Like Moses is getting a little antsy, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know why he wants to go there, it's not that great. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's, let's travel back. So they get this idea that we should go back to slavery. See, based on their fear and worry, they decide to go back to slavery. And, and what's crazy is that based on our fear and worry, we decide to go back to slavery too. Because some of you in this room, 
there was a moment when you made a decision to follow after Jesus, that you were committed to him. And then you got to the edge of a decision. And based on fear and worry, you decide to go back to slavery. And all the addictions that God rescued you from, you decide to go right back to those. And all the habits that God had been breaking in you out of fear and worry, you went back to those habits. See, we do the same thing. Out of fear and worry, we retreat. We go back to where we were once enslaved. And because they did this, it cost them. And it cost them big. In fact, um, a little while later, God actually shows up on the scene and he speaks to them. He speaks to the whole Israelite nation, the, all the people that were weeping and crying aloud saying, we should go back to Egypt, we should go back to slavery. This is what God says. God says to them, in verse 23 of chapter 14, God says, not one of them, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. So God goes up to the people, and because they made a decision based on fear and worry, it cost them, and it cost them the promised land, the land that God had for them, the land flowing with milk and honey, the land that was going to be their next, that was going to be unbelievable, where all their dreams were going to come true. It cost them the promised land because they made a decision based on fear and worry. But not everyone, not everyone made a decision based on fear and worry. In fact, our friend Caleb he actually, he actually spoke up. Verse 8, this is before God showed up on the scene. Caleb, Caleb stands up. They're weeping, they're crying, they're saying we should go back to slavery, it's terrible. And then Caleb says this in verse 8. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And listen, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. See, Caleb is asking the same question. What do I do now? He's at the edge of his necks, but instead of making a decision based on fear and worry, he makes a decision based on what God has already said. And God has already told all the people, including Caleb, the land is yours. Like, that is the promised land right over there. That's the land I have for you. And so Caleb makes his decision based on what God says, that the land is yours. Yeah, but, yeah, but Caleb, like there are giants in the land. I know. But God said, the land is yours. Yeah, yeah, but Caleb, the walls are extremely high. I know, I know, and that's, I don't know how we're going to do it. But God's already spoken. He said the land is yours. Yeah, yeah, but no one else is going to go with you. Okay. But God's spoken. God said the land is yours. Yeah, yeah, but what are we going to do? What's our plan? I don't know. But God has already spoken. And he said the land is yours. See, I think, I think if Caleb were to come speak to us today, he would say this. He would say, make decisions based on God's word, not your worries. Make decisions based on God's word, not your worries. See, Caleb was not denying that the people were strong. But he knew that God had spoken. And because God spoke and said, the land is yours, he made a decision based on what God said. 
Make decisions based on God's word, not your worries. And that verse that we just looked at, verse 23, it said this. It says, not one of them, talking about the Israelite people, not one of them will ever see the promised land, the land that I promised to them. And then the next verse. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. So because Caleb trusted in God's word, Caleb was able to go into the promised land. God had an unbelievable next for Caleb and for all the Israelite people. But because Caleb made his decision based on God's word, not his worries, he went into the promised land. And I'm telling you, God has an unbelievable promised land for you. A life to the full. But the question is, will you make decisions based on God's word, not your worries? See, my wife and I, um, we started dating when I was in college. Um, we, we were friends for a few months, and then, uh, and then I asked her out, and uh, she said yes, which is always a good thing. Aww. And uh, she said yes, and so we started dating, and both of us loved Jesus. Uh, in fact, uh, we actually, the way that we met was that we were both leading worship in a worship band together. So that's how, that's how we met. And uh, so again, we loved Jesus, we read scripture, we were all about it. Um, but I'll tell you this. Uh, even though I love Jesus, the, once I started dating Catherine, the temptation for us to, to be sexually immoral was extremely strong. The temptation for us to go further than we knew we should have was very, very strong. Because, um, because I'm a warm-blooded American male, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so it doesn't take much. And that's, I wanted to go further, but... But God had already spoken. God said this. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside the body. But the, whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So, so based on feeling, I wanted to go further. Based on, based on fear, I was afraid of missing out if I didn't go further. But God had spoken. He said, flee. He said, flee from sexual immorality. So we were um, early on in our, in our dating relationship, and we were hanging out in her dorm room. And uh, we, it, it had been a long week, and so, so we both got tired and, and really wanted to take a nap. Um, which, by the way, naps are just amazing. Can we just admit that for a second? Do you guys like naps? Yeah, okay, good. Well done. I didn't like naps until college, and then I realized in college it was like my eyes were opened. I was like, this is the greatest invention ever. You can sleep during the day. I love it. Anyways, so, um, uh, so, so, so we both loved uh, taking naps, and so we were in her dorm room, so we decided just to um, lay down together on her bed to take a nap. Yeah. And many of you know, or at least could guess, that when you lay down with the person that you're dating, the temptation for sexual immorality goes through the roof. It's so, it's so much greater just simply by lying down. But again, God had spoken, right? God said, flee from sexual immorality. Uh, which, do you guys know what flee means? Yeah, it's, it's not run. It's run! That's what flee means, okay? It means like, go, like, there's a dude with a knife chasing you. You run. 
and then you keep running, and then you look back, and then you keep, that's what flee means, okay? So, so, so you got that picture? So sexual immorality is a dude with a knife chasing you, and you run in the opposite direction, okay? Now, laying down next to Catherine was not fleeing, was it? No, it wasn't running away. But I tell you, everything in me felt like this is what I wanted to do. I mean, it felt incredible to lay next to the girl that I liked, and I don't know, maybe, maybe one day would marry. Like, this was, it felt so right. And at the same time, I feared, I feared that if I didn't lay down with her, then I'd be missing out. I'd be missing out. Or, or, or maybe I fear that, that she would get the wrong idea that I didn't like her when I did like her. And so I've got a decision to make. What do I do now? What do I do now? Make decisions based on God's word, not your worries. And so I sat up and I said, he can't do this. And then right there, we made a commitment that as long as we were dating and not married, we would not lie down together. We wouldn't do it because God had spoken. And God said, flee. He said, run away. There was another time where uh, it had been a few days since I'd, since I'd seen Catherine. And, and so, like, I missed her, obviously. And uh, as soon as I saw her, I, like, I ran to her, you know, like the notebook style. You know, like running. I've never seen the movie. I'm guessing. Was there running in the notebook? I assume there was running. So, anyways. So, I run. And then I, like, pick her up, like, like, whoo, you know, like, yeah. And then as soon as I did that, I, I, like, hugged her tight, and she hugged me tight, too, and she wrapped her legs around me, which felt amazing. So good. Like, yes. And hold up, hold up, hold up. And listen, and I feared, I feared that if I said no to that, that she would get the wrong idea. But you make decisions based on God's word, not your worries. And so we decided in that moment to never do that again. As long, as long as we were dating and not married, we would not do that. Because God had spoken. God said flee from sexual immorality. In fact, we made another decision later that we would do no, no more, no more than kissing. That's it. That was the line. We would not do anything further than kissing, period. Also, we, you know, we would like hold hands and stuff, but we made an agreement that my hands never on her body, her hands never on my body, period. End of story. There's the line. Because God had spoken. God said, flee. He said, flee from sexual immorality. And now, now we enjoy the promised land of our marriage. And I'm telling you, we've been married for seven years. She is unbelievable. I, I, I love her more than any other person on the planet. And this is, this is the incredible thing. She knows me, like knows me. Like you guys kind of know me. She knows me. Like not the me that I present to people, but the actual me. And she loves me. And I love her. And so the relationship we have... Cut it out. Stop it. Listen, listen, the, the, the relationship that we have is unbelievable. It is. Um, 
And by the way, I can lay down next to her anytime I want now, okay? So it's pretty awesome. Um, but that's the promised land. Listen, that's the promised land that God had for us. That was the next he had for us. was an incredibly fulfilling relationship. And we had a decision to make. And we decided to make decisions based on God's word, not our worries. And it allowed us to experience the promised land of our marriage. And so for many of you, for many of you, you're at the edge of your next, and there is a promised land that God has for you. And so the question is, how will you make your decisions? Will you make your decisions based on God's word or your worries? Because I'm telling you, the, the way you answer this question is the difference between a life full of reward and a life full of regret. And God has the, like God has spoken. He has already spoken. But here's, here's what I know, is that there's some of you, there's some of you in this room that you don't know what God has said. Like God has spoken and that's true, but you're not quite sure what he has actually said to you. And so I, I want to do as much as I can to help. And so this week, as I've been thinking about this, I've been praying for you. Um, I care about you guys. I do. And, and, and I pray for you. And so I've been praying about, like, what do they need to know? What do they need to hear from God? What, what out of God's word is most important right now? And so I've, this isn't like a complete list, but I've, I've narrowed it down to five verses. Five verses that I think could be incredibly helpful for you. So actually, right under your chair, you've got uh, one of these cards. It says, my verse. It says, my verse. And there's five verses. We're going to put it up on the screen. These are, these are five verses that I think can help shape your next. And here's what I'm going to ask. So there's five verses on here. I want you to just choose one. Okay? Don't, don't focus on all five. I want you to choose one, and we're going to go through them real quick. I want you to choose one, and this week, I want you to memorize it. Like, I want you to commit this to memory word for word. And so, so here's the first one. The first one is what we talked about tonight. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. If, if you struggle with lust, if you struggle with pornography, if you struggle with going too far with the person you're dating, or just hooking up with random people, this is the verse. Because God has a promised land for you. He does. But to get there, you have to make decisions based on God's word, not your worries. So maybe for you, maybe for you, this is the verse that God would speak to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. The next one, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. Maybe there's some of you in this room that you really enjoy lying or you really enjoy gossip and because of that because of lying because of gossip it's actually cost you in the past it's cost you relationships it's cost you promised lands that God has had for you and now there's a next that God has for you will you commit this verse to memory if you struggle with gossip or lying the next one is Psalm 139 I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful. Talking about God. God, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. There's some of you that, I don't know why, but you think there's something wrong with you. And 
you think that like you're a mistake and that God messed up for whatever reason. And so you've got this terrible self-image and you think that God just messed something up and he ruined it with you. But that's not true. And so you keep making decision after decision after decision based on the false assumption, based on the feeling or the fear that you're not worth it or that you're messed up. And God right here says that we, are, you, are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And then it says that God's works, which is you, all of you, are wonderful. And so maybe God is saying to you, you need to know this verse. You need to have this in your memory so that you make a decision based on God's word, not your worries. The next one, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Some of you struggle with um, your words, the things you say. You have no idea how, how much damage your words bring to people. Maybe it's on Twitter. Maybe it's on Instagram. Maybe it's in person. Maybe it's texting, but your words hurt people. And it's costing you big. And so God has a promised land for you, and he's asking that you would memorize this verse so that no more unwholesome talk would come out of your mouth. And then the last one. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Some of you are, are so anxious. You're so nervous all the time. You're worried about school. You're fearful about stuff at home. You're afraid of relationships. It's just fear and anxiety that overwhelms you. And all of your decisions are based on fear. And maybe God would have you memorize this verse. So that you, you would start making decisions based on God's word. Not your worries. And so I want you to take this and I want you, I don't know if, if you need to like circle it. If you need to underline it. If you need to put it in your phone. If you need to write it on the back of this. But do whatever it takes. Put this somewhere where you can see it and commit to just, don't try to do all five, just one. Which one is God telling you to memorize? And memorize it. Commit it to memory. Next week, man, I would, <laughs> this would be awesome. I would love it if you came up to your life group leaders and you said, hey, um, 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, um, says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. I want you to know that. So that you start making decisions based on God's word, not your worries. And imagine, like imagine if just the people in this room, what if we did this? What, what, if, what if just the middle schoolers in this room got this right? And we started making decisions based on God's word, not our worries. Imagine, just imagine, imagine where God could take us. Make decisions based on God's word, not your worries. Let me pray for you. God, I, I, uh, I love these students, and I believe that you have so much more for them. I believe that um, Jesus was telling the truth when he said that you came so that we may have life and have it to the full. And there's a promised land of a full life that you have in store for us. And maybe it's different than what we would normally expect. But we believe, God, we believe that you have that for us. And so we don't want to disqualify ourselves like all the other Israelites did. 
We want to start making decisions based on God's word, not our worries. Please, please, God, would you um, right now elevate whatever that verse is, one of these five, that they would commit this to memory. And then throughout the week, would they keep looking at it and remind themselves and say it over and over and over and over again so they would know your word. That's what we want. Because we don't want them to just know your word, we want them to know you. And so would you just draw them to yourself? Thank you for these students. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.